Welcome back to the past. This is Dating Ourselves, the podcast that talks everything 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. I'm your host, Adam, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Brian and Paul. Hello. Hey, guys. Episode 15, Say Something Creative. Why is this all written in brackets? Oh, man. Paul, you're not supposed to read that. (laughs) I think think someone dropped the ball. It may have been me. Something creative. (laughs) Moving on. All right. Off to a great start, guys. <laughs> so, if you missed last week's episode, you should really check it out when the gang and I discussed the vintage Nintendo 64 game Wave Race 64. You can find that in all of our past episodes at www.datingourselves.com, on iTunes, Google Music, Alexa might find it for you if you ask her nicely, or she might creepily laugh at you. It's a toss-up. <laughs> Well, there you have it. Apparently, uh, Adam's been shut down by even Alexa. So, uh... <laughs> oh, oh, oh t- too mean, too mean. Uh, we really appreciate our listener support and Alexa's support when she's able to give it. Um, and we'd like to share some kind words that were left by one of our listeners uh, as an iTunes review. If you'd like to leave us a five-star written review on iTunes, we'd be delighted to read it on air, just like we're about to do now. Yes, we are. So let's go ahead and jump over to this week's five-star review. Five-star it's review. From, it's from Theater Saley, and it says, Love the show, hilarious, and also get a little knowledge while you're at it. Fantastic way to discover things from the past you may have missed. Well, thank you, Theater Sally. Five-star <laughs> reviews are always encouraged, and be sure to tell your friends about dating ourselves. <laughs> well, let's get down to it. This week, I'm going to be leading a discussion on the PBS game show, Where in the World is Common San Diego? Common San Diego. Yeah! <laughs> this topic was submitted by Mike A. of Grand Rapids, Michigan. So thank you so much, Mike uh, and thank A. Thank you, Mike. Thank you both uh, for, uh, for the submission. <laughs> Mike and A, we really appreciate it. So before we get into it, I have something to share just briefly because this is too good not to pass up. And Ooh. I don't want to rank it with people of Walmart because, you know, those <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> are those pictures are degrading. But so I'm currently redoing my bathroom because we had some plumbing issues and there was water getting into the wall and it caused mold and my whole bathroom went to hell in a handbasket and I pretty much had to tear everything away. And that's about as worst way you can expect to start the week. But every now and then you encounter a person that just makes you feel a little bit better about your situation. Oh, dear. <laughs> was it one of us? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Phew. Phew. My vote's on Brian. <laughs> if it was, I would have led with it before we even got to the hello and welcome back to dating ourselves. And Guys, I- you'll never guess what Adam did this week. <laughs> so I was waiting in line at Home Depot because, of course, when you're in a hurry, they only have one cashier and all the self-service lanes aren't working oh, and this geez. guy who looked very much like jared pre-subway oh uh, no comes running in well, it's okay it's back when we still like respected jared <laughs> so back guy, before all of the criminal stuff. this guy this, this jared-esque guy we'll just call him jared comes running in and he turns to the cashier and he goes where are your animal traps almost out of wind <laughs> and i'm like oh <laughs> This isn't good. And he goes, and she points and he goes, run into the back. And like five minutes later, I'm still in line. And this guy comes back and he gets in line, like two people behind me. And, uh, 
he's got this giant trap that looks like a live trap that you had, you know, like the kind you would use for like a feral cat or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Another cashier comes over and she takes him over to the lane. She's ringing him up and she and she goes, "So, what are you looking to trap?" And he goes, "Well, my water heater broke this morning, and I had to call a plumber. And we had a bunch of guys come out and they replaced the water heater and redid a bunch of my plumbing. And while they were working, they left the back door open and a squirrel ran in. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> and one of the guys threw a wrench at it and hit it, but it didn't kill it." And it ran into the basement, and we can't find it. Oh, God. He's <laughs> like, if you be really quiet, you can kind of hear it, like, whimpering somewhere. But we've been all over the crawl space. We've been through the furnace room. We cannot find this thing anywhere. Oh, no. Wow. That poor squirrel. It's probably, like, its head's caved in or something, trying to trying to eke out a survive <laughs> some some semblance of life in this guy's basement. And then he goes on, he's like, but nobody's home and I left the back door wide open. So I'm hoping he goes outside when it's quiet. Yeah. And this was, <laughs> our, I'm sure they won't have a house party and all the squirrels are going to come by. Exactly. Throw a little kegger yeah. in the vent. <laughs> <laughs> and this is on Tuesday when it was just pouring down rain. And he's like, there was mud from all the workmen's boots. And he's just going on and on. And I felt really bad for the guy. But I was like, yep, at least my problem's on the inside of the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's fantastic. Well, it sounds like that guy might benefit from calling some gumshoes onto the case to help him find that squirrel. I don't know. Oh! Try, you see what I did? Nice there? transition there. there. Yeah. But one last thing. As a reminder, we will pick next week's topic at the end of this episode. It will be Nostalgia Combat. Nostalgia Combat! I, again, will be competing for Thundercats, the animated series, versus Adam and the comedic TV series Freaks and Geek. Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. We will also visit our old friend, the Hopper of Imagination, (laughs) so that Brian can get another topic. That's right. They're going to let me run the Hopper again. He did such (laughs) a great job last week, didn't he, folks? Let's give him a round of applause. Let's give him a round of applause. Thank you. Adam, what are you What's doing? the sound of one hand clapping? <laughs> you you can't you can't see, but I'm clapping in a circle. Oh, okay. round of applause. <laughs> We've got so now, a very visual podcast now. So now that I've got that out of the way, Brian, tell us about some Carmen San Diego. Yeah, so Carmen San Diego is a kids game show aired on PBS. It originally aired actually on my birthday, September 30 of the year 1991. So I was. Five years old? Four years old? Five. Five? Yeah, that sounds right. Through December 22nd, 1994. So, fairly shortly lived, but it was immensely, what's the word I'm looking for? Formative, I guess, for for a lot of (laughs) us kids. Uh, The game show had kind of a loose story, but it mostly was a game show. Do you guys know... What the what the game show is based on? Like, do you know where they got the idea for Carmen Sandiego? I assume the DOS-based computer game. Yes, it was. I always thought that the game came second, but the game actually came first. So there was a a DOS-based. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? And it was 
known for having the dossiers of all these crazy crooks and things like that. And then after the show became popular, they also did an animated series and a whole new line of video games where in the U.S. is Carmen Sandiego, where in time is Carmen Sandiego. Those are all topics that are still in the hopper of imagination that will likely come up at some point in the future. But yeah, is, it was based on that Is that, that how you game. say that word? I always thought it was dozer. Dozer? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I was just a kid reading the screen. It's not like the computers could talk to me back then. That's fair. I just always assumed it had a very uh, French uh, pronunciation, you know? Oh, <laughs> dossier. <laughs> I didn't know you were allowed to speak French French the mustache. <laughs> Pardon my French. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the premise of the show is that Carmen Sandiego is this classy thief. She's very uh, stealthy and very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Man, I really should have had my Wheaties this morning. Um, (laughs) Elusive, I guess. She's very elusive. And she wore this bright red jacket and this big red hat, but no one could ever seem to find her. You'd think she would stand out in a crowd, but... She also worked with Apparently Ace. we work, weren't working with the best detectives here. The average age of the detectives on the show was between 9 and 13, so that's probably true. You're telling me they can't <laughs> identify a woman in a big red jacket and hat? <laughs> well, this is coming from our generation who is still trying to find Waldo next to a pyramid in a brown <laughs> desert wearing a red striped shirt. So that's it's true. not as easy as it looks, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so she worked with a bunch of different crooks, and we'll get to some of the the best of her of her crew later. But yeah, the, the show layout was basically as as Paul mentioned, uh, the generation that couldn't find Waldo apparently also took a National Geographic survey, which showed Americans had an alarming lack of geographic knowledge. So this was kind of a fun and exciting way to get them to solve crimes while also secretly learning something <laughs> i knew there was a reason i didn't like this show yeah. <laughs> you're, you're gonna make me learn something while being entertained that is unacceptable i know i know along Most... those lines i do yeah. distinctly remember being in my second grade class and they gave us a globe to look at and we had to pick out the biggest state on the globe and someone said mexico <laughs> and i will never forget that as long as i live i mean i couldn't have been more than seven or eight at the time but what the hell mexico <laughs> that's amazing that's why um, i live in canada we're way bigger oh <laughs> uh, they say everything's bigger in canada no i think that's texas oh that, that could be that could be yeah well anyway they would have Kids come on the show. They're usually, like I said, about third to seventh grade, and uh, they would be called gumshoes, which I guess is an old timey term for a detective because the clues stick to your shoes or something like that. And they'd have to crack the case. I don't case. know if they're doing detective work right. If that's the case, probably not. That's probably like disrupting the crime scene. But uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look! I got all this blood on my shoes. Uh, I probably should wipe that off. The footprints go that way. (laughs) Right under my feet. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Well, we wrapped that up in a hurry. Cuff them, boys. (laughs) So as I mentioned, Carmen had a whole bunch of goons that she worked with. And the main idea of the show is that one of these goons had gone through some giant larger-than-life heist. And basically, it was these three kids... 
and the host of the show and the police chief to to find where this person went and where they hid this thing. And they are always things that were completely unstealable. I remember they once lifted the Grand Canyon, the Eiffel yep. Tower, the Golden Gate Bridge. Do you guys remember any other crazy things that were stolen throughout the show? Well, the the ones that always stuck out to me were the ones that, like, like you said, like a lot of them were unstealable just because of the size of them. Some of them were like uh, uh, interesting just because they were like intangible or like, <laughs> how would you steal this? For instance, one of the later episodes of it, they stole the Amazon River. I don't know how you had managed to steal an entire river. They also once stole the Wimbledon Tennis Tournament. <laughs> I, again, I don't know how you'd steal a tournament. And then uh, they stole the ozone layer, and like an I- they stole an island, and things like that. It just never quite made... Oh, apparently they stole a constellation one time, too. Wow, that's that's pretty nifty. You were mentioning, right. too, that they actually stole a, a piece of grammatical... Oh, yes. There's an episode, I believe it's in season one. The The episode title said something about, like, S-Span, like, E-S-P-A-N-O-L. So it was Espa blank no, uh, ol And apparently they stole the Spanish letter N, like the one with the accent mark over it. (laughs) That's pretty fantastic. I thought you were going to say they like stole Pythagorean's theorem or something like that. (laughs) They could have. It's possible. I mean, if you can steal. Oh, yeah. Say habla espad-ol. Patty Larceny, that's a good one, steals the Spanish N. (laughs) (laughs) Patty Larceny was one of my favorites. I think she was probably in the most episodes, but there was a whole bunch of other crooks. Do you guys remember any other ones? Paul? (laughs) You don't remember any? Uh, Robo Crook? Wasn't there a... There was a a Robo Crook. (laughs) Yeah, Robo Crook. That's pretty much all I remember is Robo Crook. And then from the video game, there was a Vic the Slick, which always used to bother me because he was like a mobster, like Italian looking dude. And coming from an Italian family, that was like, ah, we don't really look or talk like that, even though we all do. (laughs) Can you believe he's wearing a matching jumpsuit over with a uh, sport jacket over that? No one does that. As my uncle comes out in an Adidas tracksuit. <laughs> Wearing like the, the same Gold like, plaid jacket from used cars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I believe Adam called it with the gold chain that Ooh. could, you know, pull down the moon. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. So basically your uncle looked like Carl from... Uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yeah, hey! that's a fair assessment. Those are my freaking azalea bushes. <laughs> well, the one that I like, the ones I always remembered were the ones that were kind of like play on words kind of names. So, like the Patty Larceny mm-hmm. one, I always remember because Petty Larceny, Patty mm-hmm. Larceny, and then Nimoy, which was spelled K N E E M O I. <laughs> uh, which I always thought was really interesting. And then Sarah Nade. Yep, Sarah Nade. Yep. <laughs> yep. Eartha Brute. Yeah, so those were the, always the ones that stood out to me just because they were kind of play on words and I thought they were clever. <laughs> you know, yeah. now that I think about this, there was also Contessa, who was another yes. Italian 
like, she was like, uh, like super stereotype. classy. Yeah. Yep. And there was <laughs> they just had it out for the Italians in that uh, in that show. Well, if you're going to be an old timey detective, they were the, pretty much the go to villain. <laughs> that's probably <laughs> yeah, that's true. Fair. <laughs> that's fair. That's uh, fair. The show was filmed in New York City, so that makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember Top Grunge was one of the the main guys, and he was just kind of like a filthy motorcycle guy. And there was one episode where mm-hmm. he stole either Le Mans or Grand Prix. I, I think it was I think it was Grand Prix because I think the episode was called like Free the Grand Prix or something like that. Nice. Yeah, and I don't know how you steal a race, but he apparently did, so. <laughs> right? Um. Hey, I mean, if you can steal a river, you can steal a race. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, other folks in the show, like actual real people, Lynn Thigpen was the chief. And she had a very over-the-top kind of extreme caricature of, like, a police chief voice. Like, welcome, gumshoes. Today we are trying to crack the case. Um, it's always very, you know, in your face. Like I just said, caricature of a police chief. But she would come in with, like, the different clues and would give an overview of the case. She's the one who would talk about, you know, robo-crook going in and stealing the Taj Mahal and things like that. And then Greg Lee would come out, and he was kind of a wacky dude. Uh, But he was a senior agent, and he would be the one who would read the questions because it was a game show. So he was kind of the Alex Trebek of of Carmen Sandiego. I always had a problem with... (laughs) So I don't don't know if it was before Carmen Sandiego or after, but she was like the dispatcher on Homicide Life on the Street. I don't know if you guys remember that show. No. No. After I watched Homicide Life on the Street or saw her in a handful of episodes, I could never look at her the same way again. And then and she went from there, at least as far as my television viewing habits went, because that was always on TNT in the morning nonstop. Uh, then she was also on Nickelodeon's Bear in the Big Blue House. She was Luna. That I, oh my do, gosh. I do remember that. Yep. And uh, she, like you said, she had a very like distinct look and distinct voice, and it kind of followed her. She, I don't want to say she played similar characters because she was way over the top on Carmen Sandiego, but she always kind of on the children's shows had that kind of like she did that enunciation thing, and I'm trying to come up with a way to describe it, but you know what I'm trying to say, right? That uh-huh. she just she talked in like a particular meter. And it was almost like theatrical, like yes, like, like projecting her voice, yes. very clear diction. I, I've definitely noticed that too, and I always thought that that was part of like the Carmen Sandiego being the police chief kind of bit that she was pulling. But now that you mention it, I do remember her as Luna, kind of having a similar quality. Mm-hmm. So, what do you guys remember about the actual game itself? Not the not the computer game, but the the game show, like how it was played. So I remember there was like a first round and then I want to say a lightning round. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like there was some sort of, there was something in between, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the first round was basically everyone got an opportunity to answer these questions and they'd be kind of, you know, these multiple choice questions. There's, there'd be three answers and they'd have three different cards in front of them and they would hold up what they thought the right answer was. So every kid could possibly get it right or every kid could possibly get it wrong. And then they would do that for a certain amount of time and then all of a sudden lightning would strike and they'd do the lightning round. And that was more like Jeopardy. They would like buzz in and whoever got the answer first would get the points for it. I'm trying to remember too because I feel like there was something in the middle as well that 
help them determine who was going to round two. I think they had like a phone call or something. It was the, the phone tap round, right? Well, that was another round, but I feel like they oh. had like an intermission where acapella would sing and then they would show some sort of... Uh, rockapella. Is it rockapella? I thought it was acapella. Well, rock rockapella. rockapella. So it, the idea was the mix between rock and acapella. So... It's a, it's yeah. a portmanteau. <laughs> there you go. I learned something today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so they did all of the songs. So they obviously did the, the intro song, but they also did all of the different little tunes. They sang all the clues. A lot of times they would just sing things like, Hi, Greg! And, you know, in four-part harmony. <laughs> <laughs> they were also, if you, if you recognize the name, I was having this problem. I recognized the name when I saw the name on there, but I couldn't think of who it was. And then I remembered, they're the ones that did the... Uh, the best way, uh, part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. I yep. distinctly remember those commercials, and the only reason that I even, like, cared was because they were on Carmen Sandiego. Mm-hmm. I never knew that. I had never made that yep. connection. That's amazing. Yeah, that was, uh, like, 90, like, late 90s, I think, that that. Oh, like, I remember the really commercials really well. I yeah. just had no idea that was them. I always assumed yeah. that was somebody, like... Michael Bolton or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bolton's the Morgan Freeman of the music world. He's he really just in is. everything. Anything that's super soulful in late 90s, it's got to be him. Um, oh, absolutely. <laughs> the funny thing about the theme song, like it's super memorable, you know, because it's all acapella and the, the tune is, is really fun. Um, but it, every time I get it stuck in my head, I end up jumping from one song to another song to another song. So for example, I'll like, be whistling it and humming it around like well she sneaks around the world from kiev to carolina and then it's like then i like automatically jump to prince but when i woke up <laughs> this morning could have swore it was judgment day and then i automatically go to green day like caution police <laughs> line you better not cross is the cop or am i the one that's really dangerous and then just another manic monday <laughs> like oh just, i gosh. wish it were sunday like they all just like are stuck together in my brain for some reason <laughs> i feel like this is That's an unexpected cover day. waiting to happen <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> that could be F- way like too much five fun. songs in one <laughs> that that could be fun that could be fun <laughs> for those who aren't familiar we do have a series on our website called unexpected covers it's me doing covers of 80s and 90s songs in styles that they weren't intended to be in. so I, I also uh, do them, but I do all of them in the exact same style, silence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really unexpected when you're waiting to hear, uh, like, she spins me right ra- uh, right round, but it's completely silent. <laughs> you also might notice written. me on the triangle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He really rocks that triangle, guys. It's it's pretty epic. Well, Paul's got a whole nother series. What's it called, Paul? Paul uh, Paul makes something useless. Paul builds something. Builds something useless. useless. That's right. So there we go. Yeah. The so, title is self-explanatory. <laughs> I wasn't expecting. It's obviously to, uh... him uh, studying like differential calculus and stuff like that. That's right. That's right. I wasn't expecting <laughs> us to, uh, you know 
plug all of our stuff here, but it's all right. It's all right. uh, (laughs) Well, while we're on it, if anyone at home wants to send us ideas, we are more than welcome to receive them at our email address, datingourselvespodcast at AOL.com. We've got Boom. Look at that. Look at that shameless plug there. (laughs) That was beautiful. I have kids to put through college. Please help. (laughs) (laughs) I got kids at home. I got bills. So... I'm doing some reading here, and I guess after the lightning round, there was the chase. And the chase oh, was yeah. like the how much you want to risk uh, section. So it's basically like a like a double jeopardy type thing. You'd write in an answer, and you'd make a wager. And that was the only time you could actually lose your uh, clue bucks or whatever they called your points on the show. Mm-hmm. It's um, the Acme Crime Bucks. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. And you can only spend them on Acme me products which when you're five is the coolest thing ever yeah yeah you can get wiley coyote to be like your investment partner and uh <laughs> he'll show you around the workshop <laughs> but yeah basically um once they've figured out who got the most points after that round those top two contestants would then move on to round two and that was the whole thing where you had to, it was basically like matching like there was different flip cards that were names of different sites and things like that within a city or country that they wanted to visit. So for example, if if they're going to New York, you know, they had things like Times Square and Statue of Liberty and underneath some of those cards there would be the loot, the warrant, and the crook themselves. And you had to find all three of them in a row on one turn. And then you yourself would move on to that final round to help catch Carbon San Diego. So, hey, yeah, I always remember too. That's some good detective work right there. Yeah, yeah. I think that's how the real uh, detectives do it too. They yeah. just sit there and flip cards around until they get something. <laughs> right, right. Oh, this guy's in uh, in Philadelphia. All right, so is he? Uh... <laughs> Is he at the love sign? Nope. Uh, is he at uh, Independence Hall? Uh, nope. Oh, we <laughs> no. found the warrant at the Liberty Bell, though. Okay, so we got to go back to that later. Um. <laughs> and there was Thanks a sighting a really at the St. Louis Arch, so we got to get in the bus to get there five minutes from now. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're right next to each other, St. Louis and Philadelphia. <laughs> well, it's just two states over. It's not like we're driving to Mexico. <laughs> Mexico's the biggest a, state. The biggest state. Come on. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, so after they found the loot, the warrant, and the crook all at one turn, in that order... That final contestant would then go to a giant map of either Asia, Africa, North America, or South America. Maybe Europe, too. I don't remember. And they would get 13 different clues that were all for different sites in that continent. And they'd have to find at least seven of those 13 within, I don't remember if it was 30 seconds or 60 seconds or how long that round was. But they have to bring these giant flags and drop them on those dots. And if they were correct... and Seven of those 13 were correct. They got to take a trip anywhere paid for by PBS to anywhere in North America, which I always remember the way they would like say that was like, you know, the winner gets to win a trip anywhere in North America, which isn't that bad. And then, and then the audience would start clapping. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> he's like trying to get people riled up like, yeah, all right, North America. So, uh, 
SeaWorld's nice. <laughs> There's two Disney Worlds in North America. That's true. Sorry, Disneyland and Disney World. Yeah. There's Graceland. You can always go to Graceland. You can go to Mammoth cave. cave. No, that's there, true. It's a giant hole in the ground that you can go into. It's a lot more exciting than it sounds. <laughs> I think at five, I would just want to go to the mystery spot because my parents would never stop at the mystery spot. And... <laughs> You know, it just as you see a sign that says mystery spot is coming for like 500 miles. You know, by the time you get to the end of it, you want to know what the hell the goddamn mystery spot is. <laughs> where, where is the mystery spot? And don't say Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, hey Adam, Adam, ask Alexa where the mystery spot is. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's getting into a whole nother topic of conversation there. <laughs> There's a South Park line about this, but I'm just going to breeze right past that. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, do you guys know where the mystery spot is? I have no idea. I know I've seen the signs. There are are multiple. There is one in the UP, and then I feel like there was one when we were driving to Montana. Gotcha. Hold on. Uh, Mystery spot, uh, it's in Mackinac County, Michigan. Okay, that makes sense. It says it's famed for its gravity-defying area features, interactive tours, a maze, mini golf, zip lines, and a gift shop. Hmm. Yeah. Well, there's always Didn't that. expect that, did you? <laughs> Apparently in Alabama, there is a shop that all of the unclaimed luggage from around the country gets sent to. And people, <laughs> people can buy it. <laughs> well, there you go. Is that like storage hunter or uh, storage wars? <laughs> Apparently, like it's an actual storefront. Like it's like a Costco, basically, full of luggage, and people can go in there and to the highest. Up next, we have a green Samsonite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Laptop bag, computer not included. Oh, nice. Slippy, slappy, swammy, Swanson, Swanson, Swanson. Oh. Samsonite. <laughs> I was way off. off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's about all that I had for Carmen San Diego. Did you guys have any other memories? Anything else you wanted to share? I know this seems to be a, a big show for Paul, not to put you on the spot or anything. But were there any other like memories that you had, even like as a kid watching it, like what time of day or anything else going on in your world at that time? Well, I want to say it was on at 5 o'clock right before dinner. It was either 4.30 or 5. And yeah, I watched it right. almost every day after school, way longer than I should have. And I honestly <laughs> think that this is where my lifelong love of trivia comes from. I mean, oh. I went on to you know compete in Quiz Bowl in high school and college. And um, I, I really trace it all back to this. I really think this is where that comes from and why I enjoy it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, that oh. and playing the video games in school was like the best part of the month. Like, you know, when they had the, they take you to the computer lab and you can only do, you know, two things and it was kid picks or carbon San Diego. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there Absolutely. Yeah. Claris oh, works. That trip. sounds fun. Yeah. Claris works. <laughs> Make a greeting card and print it out. Yay. <laughs> print shop pro. What's this dude? <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely I think I remember that lineup as well. Cause I feel like Ghost Rider was on right before or after Ghost yes. Rider or whatever it was called. Ghost Rider. Yeah. yeah, that was on right before or right after it. Yeah, and then I don't remember if Magic School Bus was on at that time or not as well. I feel like 
That may have it been a little bit after. It was definitely on PBS at that time, but I don't remember it as part of the lineup, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it may have came out like in the later years, like towards the 90, 95. I don't remember, but very, uh, very cool stuff. I, I love PBS, and uh, it's mm-hmm. it's something that I, I don't know. I don't, I don't even have cable anymore, so it's... It's kind of sad, but I remember watching a ton of PBS when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Another thing I will say about the show that I, you know, we talked, we joked about the you can go anywhere in North America. That was so much a better prize than other game shows of that era. Oh, for sure. Like, I don't know if you guys remember Legends of the Hidden Temple, and I won't uh-huh. go into it too much because I'm sure that's another topic we'll get to at some point. But some of the prizes on that show were horrendous. Like, a a prize that came up over and over again was a lifetime supply of Bumblebee tuna. Oh! (laughs) What 10-year-old kid wants a lifetime supply of Bumblebee tuna? Oh. I I don't even want a one-day supply of Bumblebee tuna. That stuff smells rain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I always wanted to go on gut so I could get a piece of the agro crag but the astro crag is that what it's called i thought it's the agro I think crag so. we're gonna I it's it was, agro crag is it agro i thought it was astro agro crag yeah it's alto crag actually alto. Uh, it's, it sings sings right below the soprano line yeah um. yep <laughs> is mike o'malley still around can we call and get clarification on this he is still around he was on glee for a few years i thought that was a girl oh no that's mo mo is the <laughs> yeah my mike o'malley mo. yeah no, Mike O'Malley was the host of the show, and uh, he was the one that played. Uh, he was the dad of one of the, the yes. main characters on Glee. Yeah, I am mistaken. It's not Mo. It's Mike. There's a very different, big difference between Mo and Mike. Because I remember she one had kind of oh, the, uh, she had like the Ricky Lake haircut. She was always down in the field talking to these kids that were like swimming with their t-shirts on. And, shooting nerf guns at each other and all the other crazy <laughs> crap they would do <laughs> well uh thank you again mike a for submitting this topic uh hopefully this was a, a joy for you it was definitely fun for us to chat about it and one last thing before oh, yeah. we move on yeah. i feel like this is important to note because this was completely like sheer happenstance but it was announced earlier this week that they're actually going to make a Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego movie starring Gina Rodriguez, and it looks like they might either be making a TV show of it again, or maybe the show became the movie, but either way, there's been word that either a show or a movie of Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego is going to be coming out in 2019, so we have that to look forward to. That's awesome. Nice. That's, That's super cool. Um, absolutely well thanks for uh thanks for letting us know that because i had no idea that's my job yeah yeah you you keep us tied (laughs) into the current events Um. absolutely (laughs) so i guess that wraps up our discussion on where in the world is carmen san diego now we are going to move on to nostalgia combat nostalgia combat I was taking a glass of water, and I couldn't yell in time, and now it just feels out of place. <laughs> I blew a lot of bubbles, just, though. <laughs> so, are you guys uh, are you guys ready for this? Nostalgia combat! There you go, there you Woo! go. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Um, 
So you I were supposed to keep talking, and then I would interrupt you, and then <laughs> like you did just now. <laughs> okay, I got it. I got it. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> and another thing, and another thing. <laughs> Fisticuffs. All right. Uh, <laughs> what are you trying to say here, pal? Um, so I've devised a trivia question for my co-host to answer. Whoever is closest will get to lead their chat next week. So Adam has freaks and geeks, and Paul yeah. still has Thundercats. Uh, oh <laughs> all right <laughs> in stereo <laughs> um so the question is spawn created by todd mcfarlane is the epitome of 90s comic book anti-heroes what year was the live action movie released 1997 oh. adam i'm gonna say 93 Paul hit the nail on the head with 97. <laughs> so, All right. Without hesitation. <laughs> um, I have a feeling he may have went to see that rated R movie well before he was of 17 or older. Um, well, as you'll find out in my discussion to be held later. Oh, wait. No, this isn't a topic I get to pick. Damn it. Why can't no. I talk about Spawn the Movie? Spawn the Movie was rated PG-13, much to the deg- much to the degree of the director and writer Todd McFarlane interesting oh sure it was later released as an r-rated home video including like the 25 minutes they had to cut from the movie because of its dark content oh interesting that is good to know the the it also had john leguizamo as a clown yes it will never (laughs) get better than john leguizamo as a clown it's true it's true so the tiebreaker would have been uh who was the actor that portrayed spawn anybody John Leguizamo. <laughs> no, no. He was the clown ant spawn. Yeah, it was basically. He was like Eddie Murphy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or Mike Myers. I'm, I'm going to end up shouting it out five minutes after we stop recording because I can see it in the credits and I can't think of his name. And I could think of like five other movies he was in, but I still can't think of his name. Well, while Paul is thinking about that, um, that's uh, that's the end of nostalgia combat. So, <laughs> so there you have it. Paul is going to be guiding us. Through the land of Thundercats, that one. <laughs> Sorry, my my brain stopped working for a second. So uh, I'm Paul's going to talk to us. You know what to do when there's parentheses. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh, he's going to be taking us through the topic of Thundercats next time. Uh, I and Brian. Still have the topics in our pocket. Me with Freaks and Geeks and Brian with his new topic that he's going to find out in just a second. That's right. That is right. (laughs) (laughs) We want to remind all of our listeners that if there's a topic you'd like uh, for us to discuss, you can submit those uh, to our website at www.datingourselvespodcast.com. At this point in time, we are going to be visiting our old friend, the Hopper of Imagination. Get to the hopper! Get down, get in the hopper! (laughs) So I was so excited that you were going to let me run the hopper again that I actually forgot that I'm running the hopper again. (laughs) So I'm going to need you guys to vamp for like 30 seconds while I remember what to do. (laughs) That'll work! (laughs) Well played. Uh, All right. Your categories are music, artist trying to come up with a subcategory i'm just gonna go music artist toy or shared life experience oh boy make it a true daily double brian 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's do a toy. Let's do toys. Alright, you've selected the Garbage Pail Kids. Oh my goodness. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Wonderful. 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 Now complete with Tide, Tide Pod Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so next time we will be chatting with Paul about Thundercats. I'll have in the uh, in the hole, I guess. I have uh, the Garbage Pail Kid. Adam will have Freaks and Geeks. Thanks for joining us on Dating Ourselves, folks. We hope you had fun. And if you like what you heard, there's more to come. Check us out at www.datingourselves.com, podcast.com, sorry, to learn more about us and the show, and check out our Contact Us tab if you'd like to submit your own nostalgia topics. You can also send us submissions at datingourselvespodcast at aol.com. I do want to say that we are datingourselvespodcast.com because I just checked I cannot afford the domain dating ourselves. <laughs> or the publicity we would get for having that. Or the publicity we would get for having that. That's very true. In addition to iTunes, you can also find us on TuneIn Radio, Google Music, and wherever podcasts are downloaded. Just po- ask Alexa. That's right. <laughs> But don't ask Adam to ask Alexa. It won't work. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> They're not on speaking terms. Uh, we post additional content on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash Dating Ourselves Podcast. If you're on Instagram, you can find us there at Dating Ourselves Podcast. And we do the Twitter thing too, at Dated Podcast. And remember, if you're too old for Snapchat and too young for Life Alert, you've just been dated. See you guys. Bye, guys. See you guys.